0: Passages, I'm Rachel Powell and this is Passages Voice. There is a considerable amount of news in today's world that focuses around a woman's status. Women in the West enjoy equal legal status and the ability to flourish freely. This is not the case for all women around the world. Join me today to learn more about the situation for women in the Middle East. Everyone, this is Rachel Powell here. I am with Rebecca Gonzalez, who is the Constituents Relations Director for the Philos Project. Um, Becca is really passionate about the empowerment of women in the Middle East um, and kind of their the plight that they're going through, and also developing um, different um, initiatives and things with the Philos Project um, to help those women in the Middle East. But thank you for joining me today, Becca. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everyone. Yeah, so um, Becca is going to just kind of give us a little bit about the history of women in the Middle East um, and also kind of why she's passionate about it. So thank you, Becca. Awesome. Thank you. Um,
1: Yes, so as you guys know, as Passages alum, you've probably heard about our Philos Project senior fellow, Juliana Tamarazzi who um, speaks about the plight of Christians across Iraq and um, the refugees who are in Jordan and uh, Turkey, all across the Middle East. So you guys know that Christianity is the most persecuted religion in the world. There are approximately 200 million Christians that are socially disadvantaged, harassed, or actively oppressed for their faith. Um, And unfortunately, our work at the Philo's Project, we We have to focus on protecting Christian communities because unfortunately the very birthplace of our faith is the most dangerous for Christians today. Um, Between one half and two thirds of the Christians of the Middle East have either fled or been killed over just the last century. Um, over every couple of months, there's a deadly church bombing in Egypt of the Coptic Church, um, and just another example is in in the 1990s there were over 1.2 million um, Christians in Iraq. Now there are around 275,000. Um, so this is clearly an issue um, in the Middle East of persecution of the, our brothers and sisters, the persecuted church. Um, but unfortunately, some of the most targeted victims of this persecution are Christian. Women oftentimes, these attacks are specifically targeting women because of both their faith and gender in these patriarchal societies. Um, obviously, Christianity is a second, it makes you a second class citizen, but gender only adds to that. Even women of different faiths in these communities and societies are seen as lesser than men. So Um, Women in just the last couple years across Iraq and Syria have have faced slavery, rape, execution, and some of the most unthinkable acts of violence and humiliation in just the years that ISIS has terrorized um, the region. Um, I do wanna give a little bit of warning. Some of these stories are very disturbing. And um, unfortunately, I believe these stories have to be told. As someone who I almost feel like it's a, Um, unfortunate responsibility that I feel this burden on my heart to share these stories because you kind of, I just kind of end up being the bearer of bad news often. So I'm gonna just tell a few stories about um, some testimonies of women in the Middle East um, that are very have been very difficult because of radicalization in these communities, and how that has impacted women. Um, so just outside Aleppo, two Christian women were publicly raped and beheaded for refusing to convert to Islam. This was under the Islamic State, and. Um, I highly recommend that you look at a document that was written by the Knights of Columbus that was sent to um, John Kerry when he was the Secretary of State. Um, and he essentially, he decided that there was a genocide in the, in the Middle East against Christians because of this information and these testimonies. Um, just recently, the UN actually verified a document that showed a price list for Christian and Yazidi women. Um, while the concept of this is disgusting and horrifying, perhaps the most horrifying aspect is that the most expensive prices for these young women was actually for babies ages 1 to 9 years old at $172 US dollars. Um, this just gives you an, an idea of what women in the Middle East are facing in certain communities and countries. Um, you guys may have heard of a young girl named Christina her story was all across the news Um, she was taken by ISIS when she was just three years old and just last year actually she was reunited with her family at six years old Um, she now has severe PTSD, she is totally radicalized she does not recognize her parents, she doesn't, she has to be um, re-brought into society that she lived in, that she was born into Um, And this is just an unfortunate happening because she was a young girl, she was taken, most likely sold on one of these slave markets that ISIS held. and is just it shows that there's a whole generation of young women that are going to face PTSD and other challenges because of the situations that they grew up in and because of the war-torn countries that they've grown up in Um, so you may be wondering like is it just Christian women that are targeted no it's not just Christian women that are targeted in fact the Middle East is a hard place for people for lots of women to live But in these situations where there have been radical groups, especially in Syria, Iraq, and Egypt, women are specifically targeted, and especially Christian and Yazidi women are targeted. So ISIS has a publication called Dabic, and in their publication it says, we will conquer your Rome, break your crosses, and enslave your women. So this publication is filled with information that is alluding to attacking Christianity, Christian communities. We will conquer your Rome, a.k.a. the Vatican, or where the Pope sits for the Catholic communities break your crosses, which is alluding to, obviously, our savior, Jesus, um, and then enslave your women. This was a specific call to attack the women of Christian communities, to use them as tokens of war, to break up communities, break up families' um, centers, and really just hit the community hard by taking the women out and destroying them, essentially. Um, But another thing you may be wondering is, I haven't been hearing that much about ISIS anymore. Isn't ISIS kind of not a problem anymore? What's going on? I, I don't really know if it's something that we should still be worrying about. But unfortunately, no matter whether it's this uh, ISIS or whatever comes next, because these power vacuums get filled by radical groups, this issue continues time and time again in communities across the Middle East. I will give you an example of what is happening in Egypt currently. There are trafficking rings across Egypt that specifically target young Coptic girls. Um, I highly encourage you guys all to read a bit more about the Coptic church or look into our one of our fellows, Mina Abdomalik, who does Coptic um, empowerment and activism. Um, But essentially there are trafficking rings in Egypt where young girls are tricked. Um, usually by a young man saying he's in love with her or kind of coercing her into leaving her home, but she is then kidnapped. She's forced to marry extremely religious men, all for the purpose of conversion. These are most of the times older men um, that they're forced to marry and they're forced to essentially be slaves to for the rest of their lives. And this is all for the extinction of the Coptic community in Egypt. Um, this is the opposite of pluralism they these communities don't want there to be Christians they don't want the Christian community to be thriving so they're taking the women out quite literally and um, and then also um, there have been recent reports that um, the police are just not prosecuting uh, men who are kidnapping Coptic girls. Um, In these rings, they are often paid extra to kidnap young Coptic girls, and it's an average of one Coptic girl a day is kidnapped. So this is a huge problem across the Middle East. This is not just ISIS, and it does not end with ISIS. It is something that we will continually have to see um, until there is a uh, mass wave of a change in heart towards women in the Middle East. but I, I was so fortunate. I had just a couple years ago the chance to sit down and discuss with a few women who had fled from ISIS in um, in Iraq. They had fled to Jordan. They were seeking refuge there. They were asylum seekers. And I got a chance to sit down with them and just talk about their lives and talk about their experience. and truly these women live on strength and perseverance these women are holding their families together in really dire situations um and rachel can even attest to this because she's been on pli with us she's seen these families that are living in these tiny homes with very little resources without the ability to go out and integrate into their communities to go to school to get jobs to um, be just empowered human beings not even just women um they're unable to do these things, but all in the same time they have faith, they are teaching their daughters to pray through situations like this, and they are living with a hope in something that is much bigger and better than their actual circumstances. as Americans we believe that we have so much to teach people in the Middle East in the East overall we believe we have a little bit of a savior complex as Americans that we can come into these communities and teach them a thing or two about evangelism or Christianity or faith Um, and we almost look down on our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world but they actually have so much more to teach us. I learned way more about my faith than I could ever imagine trying to teach them In their survival is strength, and in their death is the beautiful witness of their willingness to die for the name of Jesus Christ. Um, So I have really just in this last couple of years been able to see the perseverance and the strength that resides in the feminine soul um, to be able to overcome and just remain strong in really, really rough situations. And the situation in the Middle East is extremely Dire and
0: our silence is deafening. That's that's really important to understand. Um, just with with everything that is going on in the Middle East, sometimes it's easy to overlook minorities and women um, um, and all those kind of things. But Becca, knowing knowing these different kinds of things, what can we do? Yeah. What should be our response? Um, And how how can we get involved? That is a great question and my
1: favorite question Um, because uh, people, I think, often become overwhelmed by the information and they almost get paralyzed. Like, there's nothing I could possibly do to help this, but there's so much that you can do. Of course, we have to start with prayer. Um, That is the most obvious thing. We are Christians. We have to be praying for our brothers and sisters. And when when I say prayer, I mean, like, prayer. Prayer. We need to be doing corporate prayer. We need to be bringing together our churches, having days for the persecuted church where we are praying over our brothers and sisters. Um, it just comes in our DNA. We just have to pray. Um, but we also have to educate ourselves. That's a really huge point is we have to go and read all of the resources we can Follow the news as much as we can, follow the Philos Project and what we're doing because we will continually update you guys with what's going on in the Middle East. Um, and then another really important thing in terms of action is getting involved with the Philos Project. So we're, I'm working currently on a couple of initiatives because this is truly like my passion, um, is building into the Philos Project's mission, the fact that pluralism does not just sit with faith, as ethnicity, political view, it sits with gender, too. There needs to be a pluralism with gender, and women need to be empowered in the Middle East because they make up half the population. Um, and so we are working on programming now with specifically our chapter program. We have an amazing chapter program at Philos that's launched in September of last year. We have a D.C. chapter, a Houston chapter, and an L.A. chapter, and we are so excited to get events started with this. We have incredible fellows and speakers on our speakers bureau who are strong women who are from the Middle East or live in the Middle East who can tell you stories about what it's like to be an Orthodox Jewish woman who um, lives in a society where there's a lot of orthodoxy. Um, in northern Israel or a um, Christian who grew up in Iran and she had to wear the hijab when she turned a certain age, even though she's Christian. Um, and so we wanna bring these speakers into commu- your community so that they can be educated and empowered. Um, another step that I would say is apply for PLI. So our Filos Leadership Institute is an amazing opportunity to be on the ground and to meet the people that are, Im- that are being impacted every day. Um, I know my PLI experience gave me the tools to speak on this issue because now I know women who have faced these situations I've been able to interview them. I've been able to hear their stories, look into their eyes, and walk away from the experience a little bit more empowered um, for myself just to tell their stories. Um, And through PLI, we have um, Young Leaders' Councils. And these Young Leaders' Councils focus on specific issues. And we put all of our kind of trust and hope in these Young Leaders' Councils, which are made of our PLI alum, where they advise us on certain issues. And these issues span everything from media engagement, ministry, Islamic relations, Jewish Christian relations, and of course we have a women's empowerment leaders council. So this is putting together people that care about the empowerment of women in the Middle East and making sure that we are being as strategic and dynamic about the way that we are engaging certain situations in the Middle East as an organization, as the Philo's project, because there are plenty of times when we should be speaking louder. For instance, Women's History Month, Every single day, we want to be hitting the Christian community with facts about women in the Middle East, and we want your guys' help and input and creativity to build stronger women's empowerment programs um, in, in the Middle East and in the U.S., so that we're encouraging our Christian female leaders who are in our network to have great jobs, have great careers, be strengthened in their Christian communities, and then be able to advocate for their sisters in the Middle East.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for all these different ways that we can be involved, Becca. And thank you so much for joining me today. I know the Fields Project is a great resource for all of our Passages alum, and we're so glad to be partnering with you guys on that. So yeah. thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you guys for listening. To learn more about how to get involved, visit passagesisrael.org pulse. From Passages, I'm Rachel Powell.